You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. Hope everybody's feeling all right. Hope everybody's ready for the weekend. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Today, Ah, man, we'll talk a little bit about Tim Tebow officially signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll preview the Gators softball matchup with South Florida later today. And I realize I've never really given my input on the incoming Gators basketball commits as a whole. So I'm going to do that to round out the show. Thank you to the people who left a review. Please do continue to do so or reach out to me in some way so that I can make this the best Gators podcast around. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. And there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Lockdown SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, I've now spent about a month talking about Tim Tebow saying that he's going to come back to the NFL and play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I would also like to point out something that I didn't realize until today, that on February 17th, 2021, when Tim Tebow announced his retirement from baseball, I actually tweeted out, Urban Meyer gets an NFL job and Tim Tebow leaves baseball? Coincidence? I think not. And I tweeted that as a joke, but I also told the future. So I feel at least a little bit proud of myself for that one. Um, So yeah, that's just a little fun fact. But of course, early this morning, the good news broke that uh, Tim Tebow had signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars officially. Uh, while contract details haven't come out yet, we've got to assume that he's getting just like a typical, a very typical contract. If he makes the roster, he's probably going to make the NFL veterans minimum, which for him, because he's got three years of NFL experience, is going to be uh, about $920,000. So, and of course, it's not really going to be guaranteed. So, he, he yeah, he, he's gonna, not going to be making a ton of money to do it. But it's going to be something that at least like he seems to like want to do because he gets to be with Urban Meyer, he gets to play football again, and he gets to still be in Jacksonville, well, still be in Florida, um, which is, yes, in Jackson, or Jacksonville's in Florida, of course, but my point is he would care more about being in Florida than just being in Jacksonville in general. That is my point with that one. <laughs> um, so it, it's something that it's very exciting. I've spoken extensively on the subject, of course. I can repeat myself a ton of times if you guys would really like, but I would rather you guys just go back and check that one out. Today, I'm going to take a look at some of his relative athletic score numbers as a tight end, of course, uh, different from a quarterback. I know I've looked at these numbers before, but there's one thing that I really wanted to point out was that 
He's nearly 6'3", which, by the way, for a tight end, not great. <laughs> that, that's that's not a very good number. Um, and he's he weighed in at 236 at the combine. He's looking... Um, how do I put this in, like, a, a proper way to sound, like, still somewhat professional but get my point across? Um so, of course, pictures and video came out today of Tim Tebow getting to the facility, putting on the 85 jersey, which, by the way, for now at least, Tim Tebow's wearing 85 with the Jaguars. I'm sure that'll change if he... Or I'm not sure, but I think that'll change if he makes the roster maybe to just five. Maybe he'll try to get 15 somehow. Who really knows? But again, getting back to his physique and how he's looking, um, dummy thick would be the phrase that I would use for Tim Tebow's build walking into practice. Um, I could, I would assume like it, it still looks like it's like mostly muscle. He still looks like a built dude. I know he does all his fitness stuff uh, during the off seasons and even just before signing with the Jaguars, like he's been doing these fitness Instagram lives and all this stuff. Um, so he's, he still looks like he's very much in shape. He just looked thick walking into the stadium. Uh, and that was just like, it was just funny because obviously he had to bulk up as much as he possibly could in a short period of time to really play tight end. Um, I am a bit worried about how that's going to affect his movement uh, because that was already an issue for him. He's going to be 34 by the time the season starts. He's playing a position he's never played before, so he's going to have to make moves and cuts in directions and at speeds that he's never had to do before aside from like the one fake punt that the jets ran with him um so that's what's really worrisome for me is like will he be able to separate and then like that's young tebow if tebow was a rookie and he moved to tight end i would still be thinking will he be able to separate but now we've got 33 almost 34 year old tim tebow and the question is still, will he be able to separate? And that answer is way more leaning towards the no column. So I, I do have significant uh, concerns about whether or not he can really play and be effective. Again, I am not willing to count him out. I will never do that in my life. But it's it's worrisome to see that, yeah, I, I have... <sighs> strong concerns about his ability to create separation to make catches through the point of contact which if you can't do either of those you're an o-lineman you're lee smith basically uh for those of you who know who he is tackle on he's a tight end on the bills who basically plays tackle uh so that's what tebow would be but he's also not he's he's looking thick but he's not thick enough to be playing pretty much a sixth o-lineman role so, I mean, I totally expect him to be more of a gadget guy than anything else. That's fine with me uh, because I still get to celebrate and talk about Tim Tebow being <laughs> back in the NFL. Think the Gators have a shot at the Natty this year? If you're confident, Bet Online currently has plus 3,300 odds, and I'm just saying, I'm going to take them. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And I do mean anything. It is the best way to place your bets and 
it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up because that is how I've always done it. And it is, I mean, to me, I prefer it over the website. But receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code locked on, that is L O C K E D O N, with no space afterwards. I touched on it briefly the other day, um, talking about the Gators softball matchup with South Florida, but I wanted to go a little bit more in depth there today. Uh, like I mentioned on, on Tuesday, I think it was that I touched on it briefly. Um, the Gators were, of course, unfortunately, they lost in the championship in the SEC championship to Alabama, um, which especially sucks. <laughs> but the Gators are now the number four seed in the NCAA tournament to the Women's College World Series. The game is today at 2 p.m. The Florida Gators will host the University of South Florida Bulls. The Gators have played the Bulls before in two separate series this year. Uh, the first one had one game get canceled. So, yeah, they've had two separate series. The Gators are 4-0 this season against South Florida. And they've outscored the Bulls 32-5. to um, So it was just, <laughs> it was a massacre throughout every single time you can see. Going into this game... Uh, I would expect Elizabeth Hightower to be the pitcher for the Gators, just given how, I mean, she's been dominant throughout the season. I know Natalie Lugo has a slightly better record right now, but just given how dominant Hightower has been throughout the season and how absolutely dominant she was in the season opening series when Florida played South Florida, uh, I would just think that Hightower would get the nod here. Obviously, nothing personal against Natalie Lugo. It's just how I'm thinking things are going to shake out this weekend. Again, who knows though? Maybe we see Natalie Lugo just because she's had a more um, consistent season, I'll say. And it's, you know, and this is the one game, one game you, you lose and you're out. So maybe we'll, we'll see where it goes. Who knows, really? Uh, I am looking forward to Charlie Eccles is making her NCAA debut uh, or NCAA tournament debut today. Of course, before she was a Florida Gator, she was a Miss, she was a Michigan State Spartan. Um, I am v- very excited for this debut, just because it could be one of the most, I don't want to say most dominant, but one of the most electrifying NCAA tournament debuts that we've really ever seen in softball. Um, against South Florida, she played in all four games that actually got played, and she demolished them. Like, just just straight ran through them. She had 10 RBIs in her four games, or two and a half RBIs per game, which uh, if, if we can get that from her, that would, <laughs> that would be much appreciated. That would be a fantastic debut. Uh, you can... I don't, I'm going to knock on wood right now just because I don't want to jinx myself there or jinx Charlotte Eccles here, but um, you can kind of almost always expect something from her that's just going to make you pop out of your seat and get really pumped up. She's got a slugging percentage of... It, it's like right below 800. It's insane what she's doing right now. Like, Thank God she came to Florida because 
I would be miserable if she went to somewhere that had to play. Like, if she went to Alabama, I'd, I don't know what I'd do. Because she is just a killer. Um, Coach Walton even calls her an assassin. So, I yeah, she's just a beast. Uh, South Florida is likely going to start Georgina Corrick. Uh, I say likely because I'm not entirely confident in that prediction. That's just... She's got the huge majority of starts for them this year. She's been their most consistent pitcher, without a doubt. She's been a freak, really, throughout the whole year. But in her two games against the Gators, she has struggled mightily. Uh, She gave up 11 earned runs in her two games, five walks, and 13 hits in seven innings pitched, which, like... Those numbers are, they're decently respectable for seven innings pitched. Uh, the, the earned runs you'd like to see lower, but, you know, you give what you get. Um, but in her second matchup against the Gators, she didn't even make it out of the first inning before getting pulled. So that's yikes. Like, sure, kudos to her first game. She she went six innings. She went six and a third innings. But second one, she went point two innings. So yikes. That's, it's very, uh, very yikes uh but despite that like even including those 11 runs against the gators that she gave up cork still has an era under one she's got an era of 0.97 she's still phenomenal in the huge majority of her games she's just struggled against the gators and i don't know about you but i am certainly hoping that she continues to do so if the gators win They'll take on the winner of Baylor versus South Alabama next week in the second round. And, I mean, I'm, I, honestly, at this point, I'm just hoping that they can walk away with this one. I am not taking a single thing for granted. As we build up anticipation for the tournament, though, let's start building up our bodies. Too. Again, I apologize. I know you hate it. I hate it, too, but I'm going to keep doing it because it's fun to make us all uncomfortable. Build Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Build Bar champion Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like I absolutely do, I've been killing candy lately, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. As promised to round out the show today, we are going to take a look at just, or not even take a look at, we've taken a look at each and every one of these players pretty in-depth in past episodes very briefly are uh, very uh, shortly after they got after they committed to Florida. Aside from, aside from Crossy Reefs, I uh, got to him. I think last week it was a little late on it. Sorry, it's hard to find a high school tape every now and then. But we got to all these players as quick as we could. Um, so we're gonna take a look at the men's basketball commits as a whole and not going super in depth with expectations, but just what it can mean for this team. Uh, the only high school commit, of course, is Kawasi Reeves. Everybody else is a transfer. We've got C.J. Felder from Boston College, Flan Fleming from Charleston Southern, Myrian Jones or Mirian Jones from Penn State, and Brandon McKissick from Missouri, Kansas City. Now, here's one of the things that I'll talk about 
very early. Um, that the the transfers thing is just astonishing. Just how heavily Mike White went into the transfer portal because he lost so many players. To, he lost three players to the NBA draft. He lost four to the transfer portal. So it it's you know we've got a lot of production to replace this year. Uh, uh, seems to be the trend with Florida sports apparently. Um, that we've got a lot of production to replace this year with Trey Mann, Colin Castleton gone being the main two. Um, so when you look at just the class as a whole, you can see Mike White had he had a vision or he had a focus that he was going on. He was he added a lot of shooting and he added a lot of defending, which is something that we love to see because yes, while last year Florida's offense was significant another trend florida's offense was significantly better than expected their defense was lacking way behind and they kind of shot themselves in the foot multiple times there um brandon mckissick and flan fleming they're likely going to be the primary ball handlers of the bunch i don't see kawasi reeves doing that a ton marion jones just hasn't really been that guy at penn state cj felder of course is more of a stretch four kind of guy or the forward uh so he's probably not going to be handling the ball too much at least in this system it's not really how we roll um so expect mckissick and fleming to kind of take over that trey man ball handler facilitator role uh they've both shown that they can score pretty consistently so excited for that uh i brought on aj black from locked on boston college um when cj felder committed it was i think the, the day that he committed we, we got on the horn together and uh, pointed out that C.J. Feller really struggled at Boston College when he was playing center. So I'm hoping that he stays more of like a big small forward or just like a normal size power forward just because, yeah, we should like small balls, sure, all the rage in the NBA now, but there, there comes a point where it's like, okay, you just can't play center. Uh, so hoping that CJ Felder gets to play a more natural role. I have been told that's one of the main reasons that he did transfer was because he didn't want to play center. He wanted to play the natural forward. So I'm really excited for that. I love that they addressed shooting and defending. Ball handling is a bit of a concern for me here just because like Trey Mann was so good and so dynamic as a playmaker that I'm not sure we could replicate that no matter how many guys we have. So it it's a bit worrisome, but that's more of a just general concern. It's nothing to do with this recruiting class necessarily. Overall, I mean, I, I'm optimistic here. I try to always remain optimistic. I am very much looking forward to seeing these guys on the court. It could be a, it could be a whole starting five of just transfers. Um, so there's potential for this roster to make a deep March Madness run. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they gel and they hit on all cylinders, especially if like if things don't go Colin Castleton's way, he's still got eligibility, so he can come back. So if Colin Castleton comes back and these guys really gel and work the way they should, which of course, if Castleton comes back, the odds that they gel and really get on the same page quickly goes up astronomically so hope he makes it to the nba but if he doesn't i'll be very if he doesn't go to the nba draft and he chooses to come back to school i'll be very happy with that but 
This has been a ton of turnover for a roster to endure in just one offseason, too. So I, I've i got a lot of... Con- I'm sorry. I know I'm talking about a lot of concerns with men's basketball and Tebow, and, but I'm sorry. I'm very concerned that this roster maybe won't gel together as quickly as we'd hoped and that this year could be a bit of a down year for men's basketball. Again, hoping that it won't happen. I'm hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst, emotionally, at least. But that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me Monday as we'll talk about hopefully some more Tim Tebow. Probably not, but hopefully. And we'll recap the Gators softball game versus South Florida. Be sure to watch and support our Gators games today at 2 p.m., of course, Eastern Time, if you're listening before then. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Boston College, hosted by AJ Black, who I mentioned before, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. AJ is one of the most dedicated hosts on the network, and he's always pumping out like great and unique content. So if you like the big game boomer stuff that I talked about earlier this week, Check out that because he goes wild with it. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.